The only disability in life is bad attitude. Welcome to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. Today, I'm joined by Anthony Ferraro, Team USA para-judo athlete, skater, and he's really the king of spreading good vibes, not only on social media, but in real life as well. Odds are, you've probably seen at least one of his videos on social these past few years. When I first came across Anthony's content, I was blown away about how he truly embodies not letting a disability define him. It doesn't limit his day-to-day activities. For context, Anthony is blind, but that doesn't stop him from skateboarding, driving Ferraris, and playing guitar, among all the other dope shit that he does. His energy is feel-good contagious, and you'll see exactly what I mean here today. You're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio. I'm your host, Corey Camp. Now let's dive into it. Anthony, man, thank you for joining me today. I'm excited. We're cross-coast right now, but I can feel the love just through seeing your content and everything that you do and put out in the world. First off, I want to say, I appreciate you. Second off, I want to say, how are you? Like, how are you feeling today? Oh man, thanks for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm uh, feeling great. A little tired. I started training judo like intense again yesterday. So I'm feeling a little beat up today. I, I don't envy that man. I wanted to last week. I had every intention to go try, um, not Muay Thai. Um, trying to blank. I'm blanking on what it is now. One of those skills, and I did not make it, but my body's thanking me for it. So I can only imagine uh, how you're feeling. What's that training process look like for you now? Judo. The problem is it's a lot of slamming. So like you're taking a lot of falls a lot. Like even just for training. So it's pretty like aggressive on the body. Um, but the training's like uh, you know three days a week judo, and then maybe like two, three days a week strength training on my own. And then, um, you know, just the diet changes, everything kind of lifestyle changes, everything. Yeah. And this is, how long have you been doing judo now? Because your background's primarily in wrestling. When did you yes. make that shift? So I made this shift in 2000 and I want to say 17. Uh, 2017, I got a call from the United States olympic committee after they watched my documentary they were like we saw your documentary and you know wrestling unfortunately is no longer in the paralympics but like if you have any of that talent left from wrestling uh we would love for you to come you know consider to come train judo and train for the paralympics you know like competing around the world and stuff and i was like especially at the time i had like I was super depressed, you know, my brother had just passed away, my mom had just got hurt, I had just moved back from California, like, all this stuff was going on in my life, and I was at, like, a low point, so I was like, you know, this is incredible, it was, like, a, a real blessing that popped up at the moment, and I just jumped on it right away, because you don't know when you're going to get opportunities like that again. Yeah, what was that process, and, like, how did it really help you kind of outcome, like, get out of that dark funk of a place because you had a lot of stuff happen in your life that obviously is not yeah. easy to move on from absolutely man um you know at some points you're like what the hell am i gonna do life's getting like so intense and scary and like overwhelming i started kind of you know putting putting that uh that like emotion into my training and also my music like i play guitar as well so i started like just you know, going, kind of putting it all into that, like nonstop, like that's all I knew again. Cause when I was in wrestling, like no pun intended, but like I was blind to everything else, you know, I couldn't like 
see anything else except wrestling. It was like all I did. And then that's what judo became for me, which I learned is like actually it's almost like a crutch in a way. It's not like the best thing ever to like go all in with everything you have, pay attention to nothing else in your life because I received like a bad concussion during my train, um, not even from training, from just life. Mm-hmm. And I real and I, it was a really bad concussion. Like my cellar doors, those metal Bilco doors, it, it slammed on my head like really bad. And it was like actually hours before I was leaving for Pan American Championships in Canada. And I got such a bad concussion. I was out for like months, you know, and like it made me realize man like tomorrow i could have no judo and then what the hell am i gonna do because i just put everything i know and have and like anything of me into judo i don't know anything else now and like that made me realize you know i gotta like really diversify like my life and like put you know kind of like like focus more on my music and you know have other outlets like you know my speaking and things like that to like keep things going if judo were to stop tomorrow yeah it's isn't it it's such a shame that it takes one of those kind of wake-up calls to get us to open our eyes and be like oh like there is more to life than that one sport um i can relate heavily man i i was a swimmer growing up swam at delaware and when i was swimming there i mean i knew i wasn't going to go to the olympics i knew i wasn't going to be even probably on the national team but that doesn't mean I didn't stay all in on that one thing. And man, it was brutal when that stopped. So I'm glad you have diversified while you're still in it too. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, wrestling swimming is the only thing I ever compared to wrestling is being so hard because you're using your entire body. So I like respect to that, man. I think, uh, swimming's like a super intense sport. Swimming, boxing, wrestling are like the three, like most intense sports to me, if you ask me, but, um, I I appreciate I'm not, um, no contact for me though. That's, that's the big thing for me. What's that like? Cause you have to be in watching your documentary. I learned that one of the, uh, ways that you could compete at that level was constant contact. That was, wasn't a new rule right like that was already no that was already put into place it was like the one i guess blind rule you know like to make it fair Mm -hmm. and it was so there was so few blind wrestlers i think it was like the second one to ever come through new jersey and like the first one was pretty decent he was awesome he was like a big inspiration of mine uh this guy brandon scott and like it became when you're not like winning big championships or anything, no one's really caring. But once you start like winning these matches and stuff, people started getting like jealous or like saying the un uh, the the constant contact was like an unfair advantage, and people get like real upset about that and things. And like, um, you know, it became to the point where people say like, "Oh, he's faking blindness to get this unfair advantage in wrestling." Like it was insane and. Uh, just pushing through that, like, while you're a kid, man, was pretty tough because, you know, you're only, like, 13, 14, 15 years old, and, like, the kids are just saying these nasty things to you, parents, and, like, you're just trying to wrestle and, like, be like everyone else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, I can only imagine. I, It just brought me back to with people saying, like, oh, he's just 
faking it. Like he's totally making yeah. it. I think the most, one of the most icon- iconic scenes in the film is your brother uh, just <laughs> <laughs> going at it with that guy in the fa- in the uh, mm-hmm. stands. Like, yeah, he's totally making this up. There's no way. Like, yeah, my, my my brother's like, yeah, I think so. my brother like started started the guy up because the guy said something, and my brother just like doesn't the guy doesn't know he's my brother and my brother just starts being like you know like yeah i think he's faking and the guy's like yeah i think he like can see out of his peripheral like peripherals or something like, starts like trying to make up like how i can see and stuff and then you know my brother just like was like f you you know and walked away it was pretty funny isn't it funny how we can story. care so much about <laughs> or think we make it into such a big deal i mean it means a lot, right, to potentially win a state championship and all of that. But in the grand scheme of things, would you really make up a disability or, you know, and, and change your whole life around, like, just so you could win a state championship? No. Dude, there's no way. It's ludicrous. Even now, I have, like, tons of, you know, whatever, followers on social media and stuff. And, like, people will say all the time, like, oh, he's faking it. He's not really blind. And, like, I say to people, listen, I would give you all of my followers across all platforms for your eyes. Like I would, I would kill for that, you know? So like, I wish it wasn't true, but it is, you know? Yeah. How do you, how did you learn to navigate that? Because obviously that started happening. Like you just said at such an early age and it's still happening now. Cause I think you and I are about the same age, 27. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Hey, <laughs> how did how did you learn to navigate now? Because that's been a few years that you've had to deal with this. Um, yeah, I guess we're going on like ten years. Um, jeez, it's it's never gonna stop. No matter what you do in life, like if you're doing good at something, even if you're like have potential to do good at something, there's people that'll like bring you down. There's haters and. You know, something someone told me a long time ago is hurt people try and hurt people. So, like, having that in a perspective, like, not just getting angry at people saying these negative or nasty things, like, almost putting yourself in their position. Like, all right, this this person probably has a lot of problems going on in their personal life. Like, this person clearly is not thinking straight um, or they're just angry and, like, if you respond to them, like feeding their fire of like, you're not really blind. Well, Hey, F you, you know, I am blind, blah, blah, blah. Like argue with them and give them that like satisfaction. You're, you're just like letting them win. But if you respond to them with like love or something, like hit them with like a one love or, you know, I hope you have a great day. I'm sorry. You feel that way type of thing. It, it Sometimes it like stops. It makes people stop and think, and they're like, wow, I'm really being an asshole or something, you know? And like, it's, it's pretty powerful to like respond to like negativity with, with uh, positivity or love, but like also just to ignore it sometimes too, when you don't have like the energy for it. Yeah. I think it's important to, to recognize the difference because it almost takes everything out of you to be positive, but it's also something for you to, you can be selfish and walk away as well. Like yeah. that's it's treating yourself with love. It's definitely mentally draining. A hundred percent. Is that where the one love like came from, motto came from for you? Cause I know it's been around for, for years, but you've really kind of eternalized it and put your own spin on it. Is that really where it originated? You know, so it like came from like 
me and my friends just saying it like to each other growing up like yo one love you know like just like kind of like saying i love you type of thing and like it really for me it's like in this time there's so much like negative stuff there's hate there's like people really need to come together and like feel there's so many lonely people out there too you need to feel a sense of like love and like belonging and that's like what the one love is you know it's for everyone it's it doesn't discriminate to anything beautiful man i i just want to say from an observer of one of your your many followers on the social medias it's i definitely picked that up with each piece of content that you put up there i can tell you're you're very intentional i want to actually shift gears there like what is that process like for you are you having it looks like you're having a blast creating it how is. are you deciding like what are the things that you're going to go try and and walk um, me through that yeah absolutely it's um I wouldn't be able to do it without my wife, Kelly. Um, she's like the backbone to everything. Um, we have a lot of fun. You know, the three of us, me, her, and our dog, Delta, she's been like everywhere. Um, it just happens. It's really just, it's it's not like we're like staging anything. It's just like my life, you know, mm -hmm. and like telling the story of my life. And it started out with like how I do certain things. Now it's like, let's go do this and show people like how I do things along the way or like, you know, bring people on a journey type of thing. And um, it's really so spontaneous. Like, like today, you know, for example, if I like were to go to the skate park or something, I'd be like, oh, let's make a quick video or something. And it's really just what I'm doing in my day-to-day -day life and like what's going on and trying to tell that story in such a short form content and keep people engaged and stuff and also you know to inspire like get people feeling like oh you know i could do that or like i could do what i've been wanting to do i've just been scared to do and you know to get people motivated inspired and just like you know feel love from the screen and like pass that love that they feel on to the next person and so forth yeah man well i, I gotta say you're doing a great job at it i think the first it's funny how the for you page works. The first video that I found of yours was you were going to judo practice. And oh, I think yeah. the bit where I was like, I got to give this guy a follow was uh, you said, yeah, I'm driving. And Kelly got, popped <laughs> in and was like, no, you're not. There's just no way. <laughs> I know. You know, I've been, people have been saying lately, that's like some of their favorite comedy is like me always saying I want to drive. Yeah. Well, you had to, so full circle moment you had the chance a few weeks ago or months ago i can't even remember uh, yeah, in uh, part. yeah to drive a ferrari what was that yeah, like yeah. kelly surprised me on my birthday um she i've always like talked about ferraris and stuff because like i've never been able to see one touch one feel one i had no idea what they even really looked like so like what better chance then she rented one for 24 hours like surprise like i sat at this coffee shop and she was like i'll be right back and then she rolls up in this ferrari and i'm like she has me feeling i'm like what is going on and like we got to drive around in it for you know i, I don't even i think we slept like three hours so we could like be in the car i think you're in the car for literally like 19 hours and uh it was incredible like you know just being in it felt like a race car the sounds it would make and then i got to we were trying to think of like a way like how what road could we go on like where could i drive this like the whole time but we ended up opting out for the safe route and did like a empty parking lot style and it was cool i did like donuts and stuff it was it was amazing but actually like 
two years ago, um, Kelly and I did a cross country music uh, tour where we like set up. I set up in like it was during the pandemic, so I would set up like in um, you know like cool locations with beautiful like backdrops and stuff, and live stream that to everyone so they can like you know kind of feel like they're outside almost or like out of the funk for a minute and make people smile. And one of the stops was uh, Park City. And then we ended up going to the salt flats and they're like eight miles by eight miles or something of just open salt field basically. And like, it's where they'll take cars to go. Um, they'll take cars to go try like break uh, speed records and stuff. And Kelly gets out and like switches seats with me and she's like, all right, go. And I was like, where? And she's like, anywhere. And then I just like put the pedal to the metal and like started gunning around this, like these salt flats, like freaking her out. And like, it was just at one point she got out of the car and I was like uh, on the Bluetooth and she was like telling me left or right. And it was like the most incredible experience ever. Like I grew up in New Jersey, so there's a lot of angry drivers. So I was like, <laughs> I never got to do this. And like, there's no one around, but I like stuck, stuck my head out the window while I'm driving and I put middle finger and I'm like, get the get out of the road. You got your full Jersey turnpike experience oh, it, going it on. Was, it was amazing. It was like some of the, like, you know, it's like you forget about life for those like couple hours while we were there. Man, that's beautiful. And you tell that story so well, too. Like I can I can picture you guys there and and making it happen. Oh, dude, it was incredible. It was um it was one of the best experiences. Yeah, it, I mean, I've I've been to Park City. I have never been down at the Salt Flats though. So You have to go. You can just pull right off on the highway. It's insane. Really? Yeah. And just, and just go check it out. out. Yeah. I'll have to do that next time. I got a, a little half cross country road trip coming up in a few weeks here. So oh, right on. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. What was your other, any other like standout favorite spots or uh, stops along that route? Um, the fried chicken in Nash in Memphis was some of the best I ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I like that trip was incredible. Like it just was, we went to so many places we went, 10,000 miles in seven weeks and it, it like so many I got my first tattoo actually that was one highlight um I got a tattoo in Austin Texas from this amazing tattoo artist and I got like it was like a tribute to my brother so that was really cool and then what else I'm trying to think oh playing in front of like the Grand Canyon you know there's a bunch of stuff it was just it was uh the road is crazy. Like when you're out there for that long, you know, sometimes like crazy things happen. Like, oh, we had to get a new car. Our car broke down and like, like, to small the point detail. Where, like really bad. Like on like the second stop, like in North Carolina, we we're like, oh, shit. Like we have to buy a new car, I guess, because this is not going to make it. We're not turning around. So we like went into so much debt and just because we like we're like, screw it. We believe in this. Like, let's just do it. And then um right before that happened we were in north carolina and kelly had been driving for like maybe like seven eight hours and she was like so exhausted um it's nighttime we stop at this gas station real quick to like regroup and get gas and like try and like get the motivation to keep going type of thing and 
I get out with my cane. Kelly's obviously like exhausted. Like you can see it in her face and everything. And like we go the the gas station attendant who like is supposed to be inside is outside like changing the garbages or doing something. And me and Kelly go inside, go to the bathroom, grab like waters and stuff. And the gas station attendant she comes back in. She's standing behind the counter, and we go to uh, pay, and she's like, there was a man outside, and, like, he told me to give you this. And she hands $200 bills to us. And we were like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, the man outside, all you guys could use this. And uh, we were like, and we had, like, no money, mind you. Like, we were so broke at this point. And, and like, we, we were like, well, thank you for not like keeping this like why didn't you just keep this and she's like oh honey that's bad karma you know i ain't gonna do that and we we're like oh my god and and then we ran outside to try and like thank the guy the guy was in his uh truck kelly made eye contact with him and we tried like waving and yelling to him and he just like made eye contact with her and then just like peeled out and never saw the guy again and it was like it was just like an angel man like i don't know it was a crazy experience yeah isn't it wild how those I feel like those moments happen at the perfect time and oftentimes they don't the other person doesn't realize how large of an impact it's going to have on you. It's insane. Like I think I've been lucky enough to be be on the other side of that like once or twice and that like feeling is like it's like, it's like wow, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm I'm glad it it got you to this point here too. You know, just like it it kept us going. Like we were just like, all right, we're doing the right thing. It was kind of like a sign, you know, like a a blessing or something. And it was like, all right, keep going. You're doing the right thing no matter what. And then so many things we encountered in that road trip. We just kept pushing through and it like taught us, you know, we can execute a plan because we just made up a tour out of nowhere, like marketed it made a poster, made a logo for it, like did all this stuff, made all the dates and like made all the stops and it just happened and we did it. And like, it was our first time really being, you know, a team at that level. And it was like an incredible thing to see. And like, when we got back, it was like, okay, we can do anything we set our mind to. And that's when we made the plan to focus on social media and try and tell my story and like reach more people and it was like a 30-day plan i'll never forget like all right we're gonna post every day and just see what happens and then it just started taking off and like you know hard work and putting in those hours you like start to see that success and like you know reward and it was just like amazing you know it was and it was all because of that first tour we ever did we ended up doing another one in the future and we also have another one that's going to be coming up probably in a couple months so like just a lot of stuff you know and it really kick-started our like motivation and like teamwork yeah do you think you needed that experience to like really get the confidence to go all in on all this stuff I don't know. I think you just got to believe like you really just got to have like a blind faith and 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 really like, you know, you got to know it can be done without seeing the end of it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's beautiful to to see what you guys are continuing to do. One of the questions I also thought of was what was it like to have a full on documentary being filmed about your life at in high school 
because that's not a definitely not a typical high school experience right but what was that process like for you and how has it now shaped like who you are now you know i always made the joke that like it it didn't affect me because i couldn't see the cameras like so it didn't bother me and no one and you know if it were anyone else so it was my brother and and a guy my brother like linked up with this guy chris sikorsky who became you know part of our family essentially like after all this and it was like i just trusted my brother with everything like i knew i'd be like everything would be okay my brother always had my best interests which is true and like all of it rings true through the story but like at the time you know i was like a 50 uh, 17 you know 16 17 and it definitely added a type of a pressure that you know subconsciously like <clears throat> even if it wasn't said just being 16 and like having this pressure of like to win a state championship you know and like everyone like was telling you you're gonna win it everyone expected it almost like your coaches believed it so much and you're just a kid trying to fit in because i at I'm still trying to deal with my blindness at this time. And like, I just want to be like everyone else. So I'm working hard at that too. And it definitely added a type of a pressure, like subconsciously and, and stressed me out, but I wouldn't change any of it for the world because I have that from my brother. And, you know, he passed away in 2015, like right before the film came out and or right before the film was starting to like be finished and stuff and it's just amazing to have that from him and then how it's like helped my life that i didn't even know it would you know in the future so it's just been and it's like a love story that i have for my brother so i wouldn't change anything in the world um i would never have let anyone else do it at that time and Mm. it's definitely caught some raw emotions like that that film is hard for me to watch and i've had to watch it over a hundred times you know going to film festivals and stuff like that and then just doing viewings and and different things and every time there's a new part in it where i cry like watching it and it's like each time a different part affects me like hearing my brother's voice in one scene or a loss that I had or like wanting to jump back into my body at that time, like just so many things, you know, and it was like hearing how depressed I was kind of in that stage of my life. Like I was very monotone. You can hear it in my voice. Like I was super, I was lost, you know, like all I knew was wrestling. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do in my life. I didn't know if I was ever going to have a family. Like if I was ever going to meet a girl to like marry, like I was, if I was ever going to be able to provide, like all these things were going through my head in high school. Yeah. Do you think because I was blind? Yeah. Fast forward 10 years. You think you like have answered a lot of the, obviously you've answered one of the biggest questions. You found a woman to marry. Kelly is an awesome, awesome partner from what I can tell. I haven't met her, but she's, we'll give her a shout out. She's great. Um, What other questions do you have still, or do you find that you've answered a lot of them and you're in a, a much better place now? I definitely feel like um, I think a lot of it was emotionally maturing, Mm. um, which happens through the pain. You know, you can only grow in the pain. And like it it was um, 
it was a lot to go through. Now I approach things with a lot, you know, I struggle with depression. I struggle with, you know, mental health. Like I think like a lot of people do, and it's important to address that. It's important to like talk to people. It's important to, you know, feel your feelings and things like that. Like not just, you know, shove them down, which I did a lot of. And then in high school, you know, I'd, just like kind of try and mask these feelings with like comedy or like just training or whatever I could do to like not be the blind one. But, you know, in reality, it it was just like not being comfortable with myself and so much pressure that was going on. But now it's like I approach things with more joy. You know, I still am a perfectionist. I still like I'm constantly like beating myself up like I could have done that better. And now I think I deal with like imposter syndromes toward it sort of like at times like, you know, who am I to be doing all this stuff for people to be looking up to me? But like, you know, at the end of the day, that's just it's just like self-doubt and like you have to push through that. And, you know, with the messages I get from people and stuff, that really helps me know I'm doing the right things and 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 things like that. And like, yes, I, a lot of those questions have been answered, but like, for me, it's like, okay, what's next? You know, what do I, what can I do here to, to help people? And what's the next step? What's the next move? Or, you know, I'm constantly like, my brain's always going and sometimes it needs to slow down. Yeah, man. I, I resonate with so much of that. Uh, the perfectionist in me, the battles and, and bouts of ups and downs throughout uh, just the mental health journey. One of the things that I really like to, to do on this show is to try to highlight ways we can be proactive with our mental health because it's so often that we look retroactively at it and be like, oh, we should have done X, Y, and Z better, or I've done this and this has helped me out of this. What are ways that you're doing or things you're doing now that you found that just light you up, that like fill that joy and that fire in you on a daily basis or a weekly or however often I don't yeah care how frequently <laughs> um my my like mental health recipe for happiness is you know first of all i always need to be connected like i always i pray all the time and second of all <clears throat> it's to uh to you know some sort of like physical activity like so my body's moving at some capacity because if you're not exercise is the biggest mental like the biggest antidepressant and so there's exercise uh guitar is like a huge one for me because it's an escape and you know when i play guitar it's like the one time i'm not like blind you know it's like the one time sight doesn't matter and it's like you're just in that moment of music and like, like that's all it is and like nothing else is around you so like that's a huge escape for me but um to be proactive is really important so like for me a big thing in the morning is like i need to make the bed so i don't get up go to the bathroom and stuff and then like go lay back in bed you know and that's a really big one for me because once i make my bed i have to go all right brush my teeth take a shower get dressed now i'm dressed for the day now now i've just done so much more than my depression would have let me if i just stayed in bed and then like the day starts you know you go outside at least for like five minutes and it feels great like your whole mood starts to change because you're doing like positive things is like a chain reaction and it's contagious but so is negative like negative things so like if i'm just telling myself all oh, life sucks and feeding that 
you know, I'm just going to feel that more and more and it's toxic. So like, you know, be conscious of what you're feeding yourself, like mentally in terms of your thoughts and also your food, like, you know, what you're putting into your body is super important for like mental health too, because you're eating, you know, too much, just, just feeling like, you know, not putting the right fuel in your body and it, that really affects it too. It affects your serotonin, it affects your, like just your happiness overall. And just talking, you know, talking to someone is super important. Talking about how you feel, um, you know, being honest with people, being honest with yourself and just really reflecting on, on everything and just seeing how you can be better, you know, and not blaming other people. Dude, so many nuggets there of just wise wisdom. I, I appreciate it big time. One of the, the things on the show and like a lot of the concept around forever athlete for me and why I wanted to, to found this company and start this podcast and everything was to highlight. There's so much more to an athlete than just like the physical component, just the, you know, accolades that you have on the mat or in the gym or wherever it may be. I always said like, it didn't vibe with me to take everything that I did for 20 years of my life, pack it into a shoebox, and then leave it in my parents' basement. Like there's <laughs> gotta be like some value in that, right? Like, I don't know what exactly it is, but there's gotta be something I can do with this. And that was kind of where Forever Athlete was born was how can we start to show people, other athletes, that there's more to life than athletics. And at the same time, they can take all their accolades and everything that they did up to that point in life and carry it on to that next season, whatever that looks like for them. So beyond judo, who is Anthony? Like, who are we sitting down and listening to for the past 30 minutes here? Oh, man. Um, Anthony is a 27-year-old born blind from Spring Lake, New Jersey. I like to... I grew up skateboarding, surfing, riding bikes till I hit parked cars. Um, I just, I love life, man. And I love trying different things and I love just connecting with people. I think one of the best things in life is human connection and just being able to like, like what we're doing right now, you know, learning about people's stories, sitting down and talking with different people. It's like the most beautiful thing. And like, you know, from wrestling and all those things, like, you could just put it away and and like put that part of your life like completely in a box but whether you like it or not like like you could put all the medals and everything away but like everything you learned all the grind all the hours you put into that practicing to that competing to just getting yourself better even if you didn't win anything big like but you got better along the way that's literally what life is it's about getting better every day you know getting becoming a better person. How can I help others? How can I help myself? Um, you know, different things like that. And, you know, the discipline of like being on time, um, you know, I've had to cut like all this weight before. So I'm like, oh, I have to be somewhere at 6am. Well, I've cut 20 pounds in two days. So being somewhere at 6am doesn't sound too hard. And like, different things like that, you know, it, it just, follows you in your life and these things are learned like I was this little 
chubby blind kid that wasn't really doing much at all in sixth grade, seventh grade, because I was almost feeling sorry for myself. And like, I chose to wrestle and that changed my life because, you know, I learned about hard work. I learned about, um, you know, having to, to help others, like be part of a team. Um, you know, you're not the only person in the world type of thing. And just, you know, being a captain for three years, I learned so much. So like, I don't know, man, Anthony is, he just, he likes to work hard and see what life has in store and, and just, I really like to help others. I think that's where I get the most joy. Dude, I, I love every aspect and expression of who you are. Uh, it's it's really beautiful to see. And like I said, full circle, I see it in your content. I, what I see when I when you pop up on my screen, it makes my day because I'm like, what is he trying today? Like, what is, <laughs> Or what story is he telling today? And I see oftentimes and i admire this it doesn't feel like fear is there or if it is you don't let people see it um so i just want to acknowledge you for that you i don't know if you're truly fearless but it's coming across that way drives it um anxiety is the fear of the unknown and like my whole life i don't know what the hell's in front of me so it's a heavy anxiety right like just not even knowing when you go into a new store or like a new person, a new person's house or something like it's a whole new area I have to navigate. And I have no idea what the hell's there, what the hell's in front of me. And that's a scary feeling, but like, you just got to have faith. And like, I think that, that it is like, I think being out of my comfort zone is where I feel most comfortable. So like that really helps growing through all that, you know, a hundred percent. What are you most excited for right now? Is there anything that you're looking forward to to trying sometime soon or another part of your life that you're just, you're really lit up about? What am I most excited for? I am I'm really excited to uh, actually plan my honeymoon soon. It's been like a year. Well, it's going to, it's been over six months since we got married and like we've really wanted to go on a honeymoon and like, I'm not going to let it slip away. So making that happen and just work, man, like just working as hard as I can with Kelly to continue to grow everything and help, like really help others speak to more places and just try and like build the community. You know, I'm just excited for, for what life has in store and just try not to think too much ahead and just try to live day by day. Cause I learned like, you can obsess about the future and then the future won't even make it sometimes like what you thought, what you were obsessing over and fantasizing. It's, it's not there. So like just living in now and, and, you know, embracing that because you can miss like everything that you, all the beautiful things you just missed because you were obsessing over that end result. Beautiful, man. Beautifully said. I, I couldn't agree more. One of the, ways we like to end the show is through a rapid fire fast five questions so we'll do one sentence one word answers as we go here the first one what's your go-to podcast that you're listening to aside from your own you have your own podcast as well yeah four bad eyes i feel you are um uh my favorite podcast is the one i'm listening to right now is probably hawk versus wolf so it's tony hawk and jason ellis 
Beautiful. Number two, favorite book that you've read or listened to in the past year? Uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew McConaughey's autobiography was really good. Green Lights is a solid one. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, what's a quote you live by? Uh, the only disability is a bad attitude. Beautiful. Number four, what is something you can't live without? Love. There's a trap question there. Yeah, see, see, see what you answer there. Number five, um, if you could sum up your focus right now, all the things you got going on into one word, what would that be? Passion. Hmm. Amazing stuff. Anthony, again, I want to just acknowledge you. Thank you. I've been fanning out over here of just being able to spend the past few minutes with you, connecting with you, hearing your story. So again, I appreciate it. Where can those listening in, if they're finding you for the first time, where can they see all of this love yeah. and goodness you're throwing out into the world? Of course, man. Thank you. Um, all of my links for everything are on my website, which is <clears throat> asfvision.com. So like my Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, the film, which is called A Shot in the Dark, and that's on like Amazon, Apple, Google Play, and uh Vimeo and uh and then the podcast is four bad eyes f-o-u-r uh bad eyes across the board you can find us on instagram and all that stuff so and anywhere you listen to podcasts so thank you so much man i really appreciate being here and it's it's been a great conversation and i love what you're doing so thank you and one love one love man thank you thank you for tuning in today i can't recommend enough going to check out his documentary a shot in the dark all about anthony's background and his senior year wrestling season back in new jersey spread the love and share this episode with a teammate family member or a friend because together we go far and until next time flow on my friends